Welcome. Welcome. Episode four. Yes. Yes. This is our podcast. I'm... (laughs) Well, I'm Brittany Vitrino. (laughs) No, stop laughing. My abs hurt. Sorry. I'm Martha Bartlett. (laughs) And this is... But first, let's Let's talk talk nerdy. Yeah, with our cheap pineapple plastic glasses. Plastic sound and the (laughs) fact that it definitely spilled on my leg. Today we're being classy and we're drinking pineapple seltzer in our pineapple cups. Yeah. I think I just aggressively, like, (laughs) cheers with you. You wanted a good noise. I was like, make a clink. (laughs) Well, anyways, our clinking doesn't happen with plastic, but it's fine. So it is the end of April. It's almost oh my May. Fucking God. Yeah. I literally can't believe it's the end of April. Yeah. April twenty fourth. Crazy. That's when we're recording this. Who knows when we'll release it? Yeah. Well, every it should be hopefully every Tuesday now. Yes. At least while this At shit is least going while we're on. in quarantine. Hope everyone's doing okay. It's Hope you're all surviving. Your mental warm health is here in, a in good Vegas. Place. It really is. Yeah. It's our first spring summer in Vegas. So, yes, nice we're learning about the climate. Yeah, which is crazy because uh, not so warm in Massachusetts right now. No, they got snow a couple yeah, days ago. And yeah, not so warm. Looking. Sadly, we can't use our pool. We did start an Instagram, so make sure you check that out as well. It's just, uh, but first, let's talk nerdy. So I think that's it. That's we're too all new we to really have like a uh, housekeeping. People yelling at us eventually when we get facts wrong. Hmm. Well, what it is. That's how the internet is. And speaking of that, my sources this week are Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) So Martha's going first. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't care what your sources are yet. You need to tell me your goddamn topic. No, no, I'm just just being a dick. Martha, what are we talking about today? What is my topic? So I believe you mentioned... Not her specifically, but this topic two episodes ago. And I was like, you know who I love very, very, very much? I'm trying to figure this out because two episodes ago was Final Fantasy. Fuck. One episode ago. Okay. So that was... Three episodes ago? It was Sharon. <laughs> it was from Sharon's The episode. first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea of any time or date. Time means nothing and, right like, now. That's on a normal date. <laughs> And this is during a pandemic. <laughs> you brought up the Dark Avengers. I did. And I am doing Carlos Ophim. Yeah, the best Dark Avenger. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not a huge contest no, because most of them fucking suck. suck. Oh, she's so good, though. But she's she's so good. Love her. She's so good and she's Babe. so terrible. She's a, she's a chaotic dumbass, but she's also very smart. It's complicated. A lot of them are like that. Yep. And that's why I love her so much. (laughs) But yeah, so um, Moonstone, also known as Meteorite for like a fucking hot minute. Thank God that went away. I know, how stupid. She wore like a really stupid helmet thing too. It was great. (laughs) I know. I was like, what if I do some of her other costumes? And then I was like, this is horrible and ugly. What are you doing, baby? No. (laughs) Also known as Miss Marvel. Ms. Marvel for like a hot minute yep. in a second. So she is from Marvel, obviously from Marvel Comics, and frequently a villain slash a foil to Captain Marvel, 
to the point where Carla mentions it from time to time, and occasionally she's like, oh my god, why can't I get away from this? It's like, because you are a fictional character. (laughs) (laughs) Their names are also very similar. Mm Mm-hmm. So she first appeared as a gun mall, which is basically like the gun female sidekick to Dr. Faustus in... I know. What is talking about him? You can never get away from him. He was all over Sharon's story. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. Maybe he is a thing for blondes, too. Probably. I mean, blondes are fun. (laughs) You first see her in 1975 as the gun mall to Dr. Faustus. And then later on, she becomes Moonstone in, I believe it was 1978. So Carla Sofen was born in California. She basically grew up in a Hollywood mansion, and her dad was the butler, and her mother was the maid. And then her dad died, and her mother, Marion Sofen, worked three jobs to put Carla through college. And Carla was like, you know what? I'm never going to end up like this. I'm never going to be this person. I am never going to be the person who puts another person's needs before myself. And after my own heart. I was gonna say, I do respect that in a big way. <laughs> Except for, you know, she ends up being kind of a monster, but you know. What are you gonna fucking do? <laughs> so she builds a um, successful practice as a psychologist and a psychiatrist, but she really hated being dependent on her patients for income. And because of that, she entered the criminal world. She was like, you know, having to like wait, have people. Wait, wait. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I have a business, but I'm really mad that I have to depend on the people to come to my business people and pay me. People fucking pay me, and it's really annoying. And I would like to just go take money from people. Oh, don't we all? I mean, girl, I feel you, but also you're a blockhead. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, she hated being (laughs) dependent on literally anyone. So she was constantly, like, craving more and more power and constantly, like, how can I get more ahead and need less people? I don't want to rely on literally anyone, which I feel you, but also (laughs) as a psychologist and a psychiatrist, you probably should have gotten some therapy, baby. (laughs) That's Um, also not how the world works. No, it's not. It's not. You're not a fucking island. You cannot live alone like this. Oh, Um, we know. We're all in quarantine right now, and we are all going crazy islands that are strung together. (laughs) People are not meant to be by themselves. (laughs) At least our islands have pineapple drinks. But yeah, so she's like, okay, I'll get into the super criminal world, and um, then she becomes. A psychologist to a bunch of powerful people who are in the criminal world. She learns of a guy named Lloyd Block, who was the original Moonstone, and she becomes his psychologist and then eventually is like, you know, I really think this Moonstone is just bad for you and blah, 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 and eventually manipulates him into rejecting the source of his powers, the Moonstone, which was a Cree extraterrestrial gem of considerable power which she then was like oh yoink i'm gonna take that and she gained all of his powers and was like um also i'm not gonna be your therapist anymore thanks for this moonstone baby peace 
<laughs> She's just kind of the worst. Also fun history of Carla is later on they reveal that Carla murdered her mother. So Carla's mother, oh. who worked really hard for her, who put her through college, who worked three fucking jobs basically all the time. She's like, hmm, uh, you showed me exactly what I don't want to be. And then she chokes her to death. Ooh. She suffocates her and then sets her house on fire. Where did it all go really wrong? It doesn't even seem like she had a hard life. It, she didn't. She just has so mental problems and never got them fixed. I was going to say, let's put this right out there. Carla's life was not that hard. Like, she was like, oh, no, my mom had to work. But you know whose mom had to work? Almost every Everyone's mom yeah. had to work. It is not like... You know who's had no. three jobs before? Me. Yeah. I've had four jobs before. Very, very, very <laughs> Before recently. I wasn't working at all, I had three jobs. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that, like, abnormal. And to be a parent, to put your kids through college and work a lot. I'd have to have eight jobs if I had a kid. (laughs) You're going to have to have, like, six when we have a dog, so. Oh, you're right. Oh, no. Baby. Realism, but also puppies. Puppy. (laughs) But, yeah, so she goes to Lloyd Block, original Moonstone. She's like, I don't think you really want this. And then she's like, I want this actually she takes it and this is in 1978 and becomes moonstone also during her career as a psychologist she um convinced a bunch of people to kill themselves because she's a horrible horrible human being she's a psychopath that's exactly it (laughs) uh she did she convinced them to kill themselves while she watched and she was instrumental in a bunch of people being hospitalized as well she's a Psychopath. She's a, psychopath. She's a monster. <laughs> that is that is she, literally a lot of the defining things letter. of a psychopath. And I literally was like, I'm gonna let Brittany fill this in. <laughs> That's in my notes. <laughs> Had a weird thing about psychopaths and sociopaths. That's where lately, we're at. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I feel like I'm a pro because I've read of... some stuff on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Who doesn't love that shit? Okay. Moonstone's powers. She gets them from the Kree Gravity Stone, which is found on Earth's moon, which is why it's called the Moonstone. Ugh. Which is a bunch of dumb shit. It's just called the Kree Gravity Stone or Kree Stone. But she can use it to fly. She can use it to become intangible so that she can pass through things. Or so if somebody's, like, shooting at her, she can make it so that she... Kitty Pride shit going on. Exactly. Some Kitty Pride shit is going fucking on. Um, she can do like laser beams with her hands. I definitely did a hand motion for that. And if you didn't, when you're saying something like that, fuck you. And then like can do blinding flashes and stuff. And then she's got, you know, the normal superhuman speed, stamina, speed. Oh, I said speed twice. <laughs> superhuman strength, stamina, speed, and reflexes. I can't breathe. <laughs> And then she can fucking heal really, really well. Like, she, uh, Captain Marvel breaks her neck at one point and she heals from it. So she has been in a bunch of different villain groups. One is called The Corporation, which has the smallest fucking Wikipedia page I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I saw any. a few small ones when I was looking was up like, Sharon shit, just too. It's an evil group, yeah. and I was like, oh. Cool. <laughs> this is a lot of helpful information. <laughs> the Thunderbolts, The Masters of Evil, which I thought was some He-Man shit, to be totally honest. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then our best friends, the Dark Avengers. Of course. Our one best friend and many bunches of fucking creepos, the yes. Dark Avengers. <laughs> you're dripping still. I don't know why you're so drippy. Oh, why am I so fucking drippy? <laughs> Martha broke her glass when she clicked real hard. <laughs> oh, I'm the worst. <laughs> but yeah, I would say her shit gets interesting when we get to the Masters of Evil, not He-Man. I really feel like there's a He-Man group that's That's similar. our topic next week. He-Man groups. It's still dripping. Well, don't turn it on its side, Martha. It's a $3 cup. It's obviously going to drip if you do that. Well, fucking dicks. I don't know what to tell you. So, Masters of Evil. So, for some reason, and I didn't go deep into it because it was temporary and dumb, the Avengers, the X-Men, and the Fantastic Four are all dead at one point. At the same time? I fucking... Every single X-Men? No. I I don't know. It didn't go into the details on that. In every single Avenger? It's a a long fucking list. There's only four Fantastic Four, but there's a lot for both of the other ones. Yes. No one cares about the Fantastic Four. Only Doom. (laughs) Just saying. But there's there's a lot of Avengers and X-Men. Yes. Yeah, so it looked... And why would they all be dead at the same time? This was a weird, dumb story. I don't fucking know. Considering there's, like, West Coast Avengers, East Coast Avengers, Canada Avengers. I say, where are those, like, uh, the Great Lakes Avengers? (laughs) Another topic for another fucking time. No. (laughs) Put my foot down there. I don't need to hear about the fucking Great Lake Avengers. You don't want to hear about Flatman? No. Okay. okay, so okay. for whatever reason, the Avengers, the X-Men, and the Fantastic Four, all your main groups of heroes are quote-unquote dead. They're not dead. They come back, obviously. Wait, what? <gasps> but yeah, so Zemo's like, well, the world needs superpowered champions, and there aren't any right now. So my team could fill that. And granted, we're not going to call ourselves the Masters of Evil, because <laughs> that's probably going to make our plan Might difficult. Might backfire a little but bit. his plan was basically that they would gain the public trust, build a position of power that was similar to the level of the Avengers, and then they would get the Avengers' secrets, and then they would sell them to the highest bidder in the criminal underworld. Is this a really convoluted plan? Yes. Is it because it's fucking Zemo and he's a big goddamn nerd? Yes. But yeah, so they all got new heroic costumes. <laughs> Baron Zemo became the American Citizen V, and he has like this American flag for a fucking cape, and it's the goddamn worst. And I know you've got some weird, dumb fashion, Zemo, but why? <sighs> there were some other people. Screaming Mimi became Songbird, and then like landed as Songbird and stayed as Songbird forever, which was cool. I mentioned that because I like Songbird. That's really it. Um, Moonstone, they freed her from the vault where she was in basically jail. And uh, Zemo added her to the team, who w- and he was like, you have to be loyal to me, and you have to be my enforcer against anybody who's going to betray me. Um, and then that's when she was meteorite, which I fucking roll. Ugh. But that was the birth of the Thunderbolts. <laughs> but the most ridiculous part of literally all of that is that Zemo's like, I'm going to pull you out of jail because I want you to be loyal to me. The least loyal person in the entire fucking world. <laughs> like, are you a fucking idiot? Yes. 
<laughs> who is loyal to no one other than herself. Are you a fucking idiot who's wearing an American flag for a cape? <laughs> you might need help. Don't get it from fucking Carla. Don't get it from Carla. Um, yeah, don't do that. But yeah, so they they have a lot of success as uh, superheroes. The public begins thinking of Thunderbolts as heroes. And then um, also after a bunch of adventures, some of the villains... They start to feel like they're kind of superheroes at that point. And then just as Zemo is like, okay, we're really gaining like the public's trust. We're going to get all these secrets. I'm going to make some fucking bank. <laughs> then all of a sudden, this is a quote from Wikipedia. <laughs> to the astonishment of the entire world, the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and the X-Men returned. End quote astonishment yeah it's astonishing that all of the groups died and then came back because like, that never happens ever what makes money but this is what makes money so you should have been realistic about who was going to come are back. you saying if i die and come back i'll make money no i probably would maybe actually <laughs> that would be a very interesting thing yeah okay that's not what i'm saying <laughs> But yeah, so obviously the Fantastic Four and the Avengers returned. I don't know why they put the Fantastic Four first, because they suck. Yeah, who cares about them? Yeah. The only time I care about them is when Chris Evans is involved. And I don't even care about them then, then either. I just want Chris Evans. I only care about Doom. I care about Chris Evans. That's fair. We already know that. I feel like we've established that. We talk about Chris Evans every podcast. Yes. He's from Massachusetts. He's like my spirit animal. <laughs> Martha just gave me the meanest look. That's not even close to no, my meanest true. look. <laughs> Be a bitch. But yeah, so everything unravels. Zemo's like, seriously, my plans were just about to fucking work. I hate everything. So when everybody comes back, Zemo's like, oh, well, we've been bad guys the whole fucking time. <laughs> Because he thought this was going to ensure the loyalty of the team by ruining their chances to become heroes. <laughs> oh, Zemo. Oh, you're, you're not, not smart, smart baby. <laughs> baby. Yeah. When all this dumb shit is going on, Meteorite decides to be uh, Moonstone again because Meteorite takes too much to say and Moonstone is a baller name. And then also for a hot second, they stop over in an alternate dimension, which had a name that I didn't really fucking care about, so I didn't leave it in there. Doesn't matter. Oh, it's called Counter-Earth. It's much stupider than I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, they go to Counter-Earth, so they're like, reshape the world leader's and their minds because you're a manipulative bitch. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, I'll be right back. And she gets a second moonstone from Lloyd Block in that dimension and becomes double powerful because she is a terrible cunt. Can I say cunt? I'm gonna. (laughs) I marked it as explicit. It's fine. We have an E next to our rating. Beautiful. There's a period in time after this where Zemo fucks her over for a little bit. But she's literally in a fucking coma for all of it, so I don't care. Also, I wrote, Zemo is a nerd, and I am committing to that. Zemo is a nerd. Zemo is a nerd. So they revamp the Thunderbolts, because that's always a bad idea, and they do it a lot. (laughs) Um, They're sponsored by the government, which 
is another great idea. Who doesn't love putting the government in charge of anybody with power? But didn't they just Who come? are villains? And also, they were like, hey, we're villains. Why would we think Thunderbolts 2.0 weren't villains? Mm-mm. Talking about the government. Yeah, turns out they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my fucking stimulus check, bitch? Oh, also, um, so... They have the government in charge of the Thunderbolts. The director of this team is Norman Osborn, which is exactly in line with all of This is before Dark Avengers? This is before Dark Avengers. So Norman Osborn was already the head of a a group of assholes and then... Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. So this is basically when they... Is his hair still awful? His hair is awful (laughs) in every, every iteration of Norman Osborn. Except for the movie ones because it's too difficult to make in real life. <laughs> no one wants to do that. It's like, oh god, it's so fucking weird. But we're not doing a podcast about Norman Osborn's hair. <laughs> but That's we like could. the fourth time we've had to say this. <laughs> yeah, so basically he's like, um, Moonstone, you have to join the Thunderbolts again because if you don't, I'm gonna remove both of your Moonstones and put you back in a coma. Wait. Does he have the power to do that? I have no idea, and I don't Is that just something you could... I'm just going to remove your moonstone. So, the reason that... Why does Norman just fucking fall off a building and die? Uh, Another character we can go down the you-just-need-to-die list. It's a lot easier... I feel like it's a lot easier to talk about in Marvel than in DC, though, because everybody in DC is very against killing, and Marvel's just like, well... I feel like it's easier to talk about in DC because I know exactly who I want to murder. <laughs> we know who we want to murder in Marvel too. I don't, like, like Norman Osborn's a fuck up, but like I, I don't know. I don't know. You he, fucking kill Gwen. Go fuck yourself. Oh, you're right. Telling Martha the other day, the hardest time I ever cried, literally in my entire fucking life, was watching that second fucking Spider-Man movie where Gwen died. <laughs> I was in a relationship for three and a half years, and I thought I was going to get married to my boyfriend, and he broke up with me, and I'm still pretty sure I cried harder over Gwen Stacy. And as the person who was there for both of those, she did cry harder over Gwen Stacy. A hundred percent. One thousand percent. I didn't think I could quiet cry. You know how you hit that point when you're crying where you can't quiet cry anymore? That's literally what I thought was going to happen. Like, it was a struggle. So I was just like... Trying to not like, make any I noise at the movie theater. I should be okay. I have complete control over my life. And me too. But yeah, so when I was talking about Zemo fucking her over before, she's actually in a coma because somebody knocked out her moonstones, both of them, and she can only survive for a certain amount of hours without them. How do you knock them out? You just like hit her really hard on the back and they pop <laughs> out of her? <laughs> Norman Osborn does not have the capability to do that, but he does have a lot of money and he could probably pay somebody to do that. And this is before Dark Avengers and they had their whole Sentry thing. And Sentry's a fucking powerhouse. Anyhow, Norman Osborn is like, you have to join or else I'm going to remove your Moonstone and you're going to go in a coma and everything's going to be dumb again. She's like, ugh, fine. And he makes her the field leader and... um. She's ruthless and not very capable as a leader. Why did she just kill him after that? A very good question. I'm pretty sure he has some sort of leverage over her about the Moonstones. And because he knows that removing them is the way to defeat her. And also he knows a way to do it. She can't really go against him too much. So I say all of that. 
but also so she's she's put in charge as the field leader and um songbird literally describes her as somebody who just tells people what to do instead of coordinating them as a group which is the most moonstone thing i've ever heard as my except for the other most moonstone thing i've ever heard which is on one of their first missions she's like um we're gonna have to finish early because i have to go fuck this one dude (laughs) yes Songbird's like, um, excuse me, what the fuck? And she's like, mm, I mean, I just wanted to get somebody you want. But Norman Osborn has this power over her, and why doesn't she just kill him? Yep. Carla, uh, she's been influencing the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who get Norman's medication. Okay. To make him not a big, crazy, bugfuck moron. Yep. Um, to make him not the goblin, basically, half the time. And she's been like, well, just put some placebos in there. So he hasn't been taking his medication to make him a person for a while. And the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are like, that's fine. The S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are like, well, I don't think there are a lot of them that she's influencing, just a couple. But also she is a monster when it comes to manipulating people. I get that. But Jesus Christ, you're supposed to be S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is your job, you (laughs) fucking dickhead. Just fucking give him the meds that he's supposed to get. Don't listen to the crazy lady. The crazy lady. <laughs> She's like, I'm a psychologist, and I think these medications would be better. And they just, just give say, them sugar pills. They just say M&Ms on the side. <laughs> just give them. Do they know it's placebos? That I don't know. I have no idea. If you are not a name shield agent, you are basically motherfucking useless. If you are not a sh- name shield agent, I assume you're just the Galaga guy. <laughs> Who doesn't know what he's doing and is trying to fucking play Galaga. Wow. You be careful. He's our next fucking villain in the MCU. You know I'm okay with that. You know I'm okay with that. (laughs) But yeah. um, Main villain of of Wanda and Vision. That would be so fucking weird and baller. I don't know how to feel about that. I think bad and good at the same time is where I'm at. <laughs> so they've been giving Norman placebos. So Norman is going more and more crazy as time goes on. And so it seems like they're not even just like sort of mixing it in. No. So maybe he like and she off a little She's bit. A fucking they're just like, no, we're just gonna whichever the one is that stop giving like you your pills. Gives people the fucking medication. She does that. She is an MD. Shield agents, bro. Also, Carla, what are you doing? Well, she fucking murdered her mom, so we know she's a fucking crazy bitch. Mm -hmm. Also, so she was planning to accidentally, quote-unquote, kill Songbird in the field so that she could take over as the, like, non-field leader, which Songbird was taking care of. Which, like, you're the least subtle murderer I've ever fucking met. (laughs) Which is why I love her so much. So now we finally get to our best story, The Dark Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. So after all of this fucking nonsense, she's back in prison for some fucking reason. Shocking. Yeah. And then she gets out and then she gets in, blah, 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 blah. Um, Norman approaches her when she is like meditating on something and is like, you can join the Dark Avengers. You can be Ms. Marvel. He's like, I needed Ms. Marvel because I already asked regular Carol Danvers. And she, <laughs> she was, was like, like, fuck you. Hard no. Fuck <laughs> You was, I think, the most interesting thing that I learned out of this, because why would you even ask Carol? Obviously, she's not going to follow you, you fucking twat. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I'm so mad about that. My voice got really weird. Um, Martha turned into a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. So on the Dark Avengers first mission, they see Miss Marvel attacking Morgana Le Fay. Um, She blasts her off a dragon and 
kills her. <laughs> Damn. Like, um, it's probably fine. After defeating Morgana, which murdering Morgana, she uh, flirts with Novar, who's part of the team, who's like the one like sort of good guy on the team, and seduces him and sleeps with him. And then he's like, um, just so you know, the rest of us are fucking criminals. And he's like, um, you know, I think I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, she also follows Dekan and tries to figure out what, like, his weird personality fucking traits are, which, you know, they're all, everybody's a big goddamn monster over there. So she goes out and kills some people who are trying to steal stuff. <laughs> some random men she's like well you can't steal things so so i'm, I'm gonna going to murder you, you. you um and then when she gets back to the avengers tower osborne is like all the dark avengers have to undergo psychiatric evaluations <laughs> and i want you to go first <laughs> but um, you think she would know how to trick the system because say, she is a psychologist he wanted her professional opinion and i'm gonna put that in quote unquote of Dr. Gerald Wright. He turns out to be a psychic who wants to kill them, and um, he figures out and gets, like, really overwhelmed with the fact that Carla had killed her mother and also the fact that she hated being seen as a criminal and a failure, which, like, defines literally every piece of Carla if you look at her. And then she chokes him to death. Everything she does is criminal. And a failure. (laughs) <laughs> and she hates that about herself and she has some big huge self-hatred that she should look at with a licensed therapist who isn't a monster that isn't her and also isn't yourself you cannot be your own therapist no. that's not how that works um meanwhile during all of this shit there's some weird identity shit with carol carol has like a another self it was all very confusing and i was like i'm Honestly, not going to bother with that because it's not important to Carla. But Carla is involved in a lot of it. Um, she tries to fight Carol during a lot of this. And Carol is like, um, you can't fight me. And then there's also a counterpart that Carol has called Catherine Donovan. I was like, this is horrible and confusing. So I hate all of that. That's when I stopped paying attention to any of that nonsense. Then I came back in at the end where Miss Marvel and uh, Moonstone have a big fight. Carol uses her powers to remove the Moonstone from Carla and is basically like, because they've been all inside each other's heads, blah, 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 stupid nonsense like that. She's like, you could redeem yourself. I know that you have 72 hours before you die. And you have to find the Moonstone before then. So she hides it at her mother's grave. And then Carla finds it there and she fucking smashes the headstone when she finds it. Obviously not redeeming herself. (laughs) It's like, you could redeem yourself. You could be better. I'm going to put this at your mother's headstone so maybe you'll remember what it is to be a person. She's like, I just remember how it is to choke my mother out until she dies. So... That didn't work. You're a fucking monster. <laughs> but also, I love you so goddamn much. Fuck. Uh, like, you're horrible. She is pretty you're fucking horrible. amazing. You, like, really double down on the horribleness. 
in her list of powers. They talked about her being a manipulator, but they also talked about the fact that she... So let's see, the quote from Wikipedia is, she often uses uh, this expertise, referring to her psychiatry and psychology, to manipulate those around her for personal gain. However, she has often shown that she is not as skilled as she would like to believe, resulting in her often being out-manipulated by more experienced manipulators. I'm like, oh baby, you're pretty great, but you're also a dumpster fire. So... I love Carla. She is horrible. She's a psychopath. She's a psychopath. All right. Here we go. This is what we got. I'm Are you ready? No. You ready? But yes. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> so like I said earlier, I went down a hole and I just kept going. These things happen. Until 3.30 in the morning. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not getting up for my 9 a.m. fitness class. <laughs> Not Good really sorry, not Jeff. Money. Anyways, so my topic for today mm-hmm. is I am covering the man of Madan and comparing it with MK Ultra. What the fuck? Yes. Yes. What? Yes, aren't you excited? I'm, I'm so, so excited. I'm so fucking excited. Okay. Also, this is totally a different direction than anything we've done so far. I'm really excited about it. Okay. Tiny sidebar, I introduced Brittany's MK Ultra, and I'm proud of it. That's all. <laughs> so, The Man of Madon is a video game. Yes. Martha and I played it through. Mm-hmm. Call out to Tony, who bought it for me for my birthday. Thanks, Tony. We love you. Yep. It's a really good game. It was released in August of 2019, so it just came out. So if you haven't played it yet and you're worried about any spoilers, go play it because it did literally come out like seven months ago. Yeah. But if you're not super worried about it, then listen on in. It's a, and I suggest it if you are stuck in quarantine like everyone else. You've got nothing to, to do play. and you have yes. many hours to exactly. make decisions and have things. You can play it through in one night, but with how the game is set up, you can play it through multiple times and get different scenarios and scenes each time. So it's really good. All right. My sources, obviously Wikipedia, fandom.com. Uh, I went on a place called gamerant.com. I watched... Almost all of the different endings of Man of Madon oh, on a YouTube channel called MK Fire and Ice. Okay, nerds. Yep. I but got most of my MK Ultra from Wikipedia, but also the podcast that got me into podcasts, and which is MK Ultra. And MK Ultra, which is Crackpot Podcast. Shut up. You guys have, if you people have not listened to this podcast and you like conspiracies, please go listen to them. Also they're amazing. Dorks. Yes, and a dorks. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we've talked about them before because they're baller. That makes sense. And then, of course, playing the game. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Madan released August 2019. It is from a company called Supermassive, and it's the second release of what's supposed to be an eight-game series. Six. Yes. And it's all part of the Dark Pictures anthology series. Okay. The first release, 2015, was Until Dawn, which is amazing. Also fun. I personally think I like it better because I like the characters better, but both of them are really, really good. And Until Dawn was, like, one of the first 
of its kind of survival horror game that it is. Mm -hmm. So it was really, really interesting. Like I said, these games are survival horror and they're games where every choice you make or you don't make fast enough (laughs) changes the story. No. Who lives, who dies, it completely ends up being whatever you choose slash are able to do. My reaction time is not the best. So we had a few more deaths than we were planning. (laughs) Um, It plays with that butterfly effect idea. So what I might have seen in my game or what I saw in my game is probably very different than what someone else saw in their game if they only played it one time through. And, you know, it just makes it fun because then you can play the game multiple times through and always find something different. Mm -hmm. The game opens up what both games have done and what I'm guessing they're going to do every time is they kind of have like a little prologue story that then leads you into the main story. So the game opens up and it's during World War II or maybe right Mm -hmm. after World War II. So it's in the later 40s. Two soldiers return to the ship, the Orang Madan, which is a literal translation of Man of Madan, which is um. where it came from, after an expedition in China. The ship loads uh, what appears to be coffins and a mysterious set of crates onto the ship that it ends up being both of them tightly secured and a giant, like, extra rules and precautions to guard these these crates and these coffins so you already know something is a little weird because it is a u.s army or military ship Mm -hmm. but they're having even these extra precautions for whatever this cargo is they just put on it so you do learn that the boxes that are in the cargo hold are completely off limits and they have like double triple security on them So they're on leave. Everybody is basically on leave on the boat. They're going back to the States after the war or whatever they're doing. They run into some bad weather and lightning strikes the crates. When that happens, you see this green, gassy fog stuff start to seep out. And you just know it's probably not good. This gas ends up sweeping through the whole ship. And slowly, weird things start to happen, and then they start dying one by one, until eventually all of them are dead. Some of them are seeing weird things, almost evil spirits or demons, and then literally the ship is never seen or heard from again. That's a little prologue that's Mm -hmm. setting you up for the game. Flash forward to the present. You're with the main characters. They're on a diving trip and they're looking for some of these uncharted crashes and and wrecks in the water. And they do learn about this treasure and this rumor of a treasure called the Manchurian Gold. The characters, the main characters end up having a run in with some pirates and they end up pissing the pirates off. So the pirates come back and end up taking the ship hostage. It's not like a ship. It's just like a tiny little, like, it's a little boat. 
they take them hostage they find out the, about the Manchurian gold and then bad water, bad, bad water, bad weather <laughs> hits. And during I mean, this, yes, yes and no. bad water happens in bad weather. Mm-hmm. Um, during this, this bad weather, they end up finding this ship just floating in the ocean. And it ends up being the Orang Madan, which no one has heard of or seen mm-hmm. apparently for however many for, years. Ha- for you know however many years 60 70 years that's math so the pirates are like ew let's go on the ship because we want this treasure and they drag everybody onto the ship why only two of them are wearing shoes i still don't know they even make a comment about tetanus in the game and the whole time i'm just like you guys put on some fucking Somebody shoes. should have thought about this yeah. and they didn't. And I was like, maybe, this is a tangent, I was like, maybe the characters didn't have time to put on shoes, but two of the main cast, the main characters, put on shoes. And some of the pirates didn't have shoes. This was brought up many times. <laughs> they weren't wearing this, sh- this it's really gross. disgusting. It's and they're not wearing shoes. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I just, I can't. The real scary thing the, is germs. Literally even reading some of the things I was reading to like get a plot for this game. You they were the like, people? why weren't these people putting, would these characters put on shoes? Why did the other characters put on shoes? I don't fucking know. Shoes weren't being worn. I don't know why the par- pirates didn't have shoes. I don't know why the parents didn't tell them to put shoes on. <laughs> put on your shoes. <laughs> don't get tetanus and die. Anyways. <sighs> I said parents with an N in there. <laughs> it's, it's much funnier with yours though. I thought you said parents because they're pirates. <laughs> Parents make sense, though. It makes total sense, which is the best part. Anyways, shoes not important. Shoes are not important. All right. So the pirates drive them onto the ship, and quickly things start going awry, and they just aren't good. We're not going to get into too many details about that. What we're really going to focus on is what we think happened to that ship. You find out that the Manchurian gold isn't a treasure, but instead it's a biochemical weapon that China had developed during World War II, and that was what was struck by lightning all those years ago. Very bad luck. And when it was struck by lightning, it created this gas. Now, when people are exposed to the gas, they can show signs of psychotic breaks, start hallucinating until they either foolishly kill themselves, kill others, or end up dying from a heart attack, which is a symptom of this gas. Mm. But in the game, these deaths with how they die, they almost look like they are frozen in fear and end up dying from fright. But it's really a heart attack from a side effect of the gas. All right. Even though the Manchurian Gold was released over 70 years ago, the ship is still riddled with the gas. So everyone on board are immediately exposed and they start hallucinating. So throughout the whole game, you're trying to figure out what's real or what's not. And some of the way it's done is beautiful. The very first 
fright you have when you're the main characters is literally you're just walking and out of the corner and the corner out of the screen, the corner of your eye, this figure appears. And then when you go back, no one's there. And out of everything done in the game, that is the most brilliant. That fucked you up the most. Yes. All right. So everybody on board ends up being exposed and they start hallucinating, like I was saying, or those weird things. And you end up sort of realizing that it is the gas because you do, in certain areas, see the green gas more. And then you also realize that the characters start to gain more clarity if they go outside or end up using the rebreather that they find on Mm -hmm. the ship where they can get that fresh air and it clears their head. So throughout the whole game, you find notes and journals sprawled throughout the whole ship to try to put pieces together of what this is. Because at first you just think it's like a fucking ghost ship. Like there's just fucking weird things everywhere. And you start to read all these different journals and notes. And it basically gives you insight that the crew members are basically just slowly losing it. Mm. There are some things that you can point to that make this seem like it isn't just a simple accident of lightning striking a box. So in one of the notes, you find a guard duty roster and it says it first starts out by just saying nobody's allowed inside. Then it says update hold 3A contained caskets. It's unclear why they are under such tight guard. Update, the caskets were being guarded because the military didn't want the contents to be discovered. Mm. Extra guard duty regulations. Due to special security precautions on this mission, additional procedures must be adopted by soldiers. Double guard duty in all doors on all watches. No talking. No playing of games, no smoking, no alcohol, no gambling. Personnel found breaking any of these regulations will be met with the sternest of punishments, up to including court-martial by order of Captain Ford. Now, they were sailing home, and these rules applied, as far as I could tell, to even the uh, soldiers that were technically off-duty, which... I don't know military very well, but it seemed like from what they were showing in the game, like that it wasn't really normal for some of these to be if you were off duty and basically on leave because you were going home to be on leave, that some of these rules wouldn't usually apply. So it's just kind of implying that it was a little shady. Another note you find is a cargo bill of landing. So it states that the contents of these crates are Manchurian gold, but not much else is known about the cargo. But then it says at the bottom, so these are all direct quotes from what we would read if we were playing the game. Mm -hmm. The cosignee certifies that the items verified have been inspected and regarded as safe for transport to the port of discharge stated. The items are not contraband and are legally allowed to enter the destination country in compliance with the country's custom laws. All items will be correctly stowed and labeled in accordance with the shipping vessel's own safety regulations 
and noted in the cargo manifest for the shipping vessel in accordance with international cargo law. Now, I don't know about you, but all that seems really fucking fishy considering <laughs> they're being super fucking guarded. Yeah. And basically like, hey, we don't want you to know what's in here. Nothing. Yes. Nothing's in here, but have 18 extra guards on mm-hmm. it. We're just going to have you guard these boxes because it seems <laughs> these are just normal bodies. It's fine. <laughs> there is a note found in the safe of the ship that says research summary of chemicals, code name, um, Manchurian gold. It warns that the crystal used in the test are unstable in solution. Mm. So right there proves that they knew they were transporting something that was unstable, not safe, and they didn't completely understand. Another note, we find out that the bodies in the caskets that they were very highly guarding, which you get to see in them so you know they're fucked up, were the results (laughs) of human experimentation. Like, one of them literally has two heads, and they're all weird and creepy, and it says in this note that they were experimented on. That's why they were so closely guarded. They didn't want anyone looking at the shit that they did in the American government. Oh, the American government. <laughs> um, another note found is a confession from a person known as scientist X stating that the American code name, a Manchurian gold was an investigation into distributing chemicals onto the battlefield. The chemicals caused violent paranoid hallucinations. Mm. So we basically can tell that they sort of know what the fuck this shit does. Yep. And they know it's not safe, but they're just kind of trying to pass it through all these guidelines as if it's no big deal. If we close one eye, it's probably Exactly. Fine. I don't know if maybe you remember this note. <laughs> there was a note that I swore we read when we were playing it when they're talking about the gas masks and only one of them yes. being able to be checked out at a time. Yes. No, I, I remember that. Yes. Okay. You remember that? I so do. I couldn't find the exact note because apparently that note isn't like a special secret that mm. unlocks stuff through the game. Okay, okay. So every list I was looking on with all these notes, I couldn't find it. And I was like, there's no fucking way I'm playing this game by myself at two in the morning. So <laughs> we're just going to hope that Martha remembers this note. But yeah, it basically said, like, you can only check out one at a time, and this one mask is already checked out, so you can't check it out. Yeah, because it seemed really ridiculous. Yeah, which basically was like, hey. Not that expensive. Exactly. I don't know the exact rules, but you'd think, especially since they know something that could be, that could fuck everyone up because Mm -hmm. of a gas is on board, you think they would have gas masks for everyone. Violence and paranoia. To where? Exactly. So. Just violence is There was that. Okay. So, the last little bit to bring this all together Mm -hmm. of, obviously, I'm building some kind of conspiracy here. Yes. Is. I'm leaning in. Yes. There are a whole bunch of endings. The YouTube video I watched is literally an hour and a half long because there's like 20 something endings. Wow. And all of them can change slightly by which characters make it and what you've done in the beginning. There's a whole bunch of different endings. There is basically two that really, and we got one of them that really lead into the conspiracy. Yes. yes. 
So basically the pirates take out what's the engine of Fliss's boat. Fliss is the captain of the boat. I'm glad you reminded me. Yes. She was the bitch, the badass bitch that I got killed. And then I was like, I killed her first. And at that point I thought I was going to kill everyone. But um, surprisingly we didn't. We didn't. We saved three of them. So that part can get smashed. So if that part ends up getting smashed, you can't use her boat because it's basically the engine. But if you manage to send out that SOS, a military chopper will come, which we were able to do. We weren't able to get that boat started. We also didn't have Conrad go and get the the guard, but we did manage to send out the SOS for the military chopper. Conrad. Conrad. That fucking rich white boy name. It's the worst. Back to that rich white boy name. Mm -hmm. And Julia, his sister, calls him Connie, which is even worse. Um, There's two different endings, like I said. And my guess on how you get one or the other is just by the amount of secrets slash information that you collect through the game. So if you end up finding out more about what happened on the ship... You get a different ending. We found out less because I don't want to pick shit up. Which isn't true. <laughs> I pick up anything shiny. I just don't pay enough attention that if it's not blatantly in my face, I don't see it. <laughs> so, the f- first ending and the ending that we got uh-huh. was we can't escape because they crushed the engine. But mm-hmm. we did SOS. So, a military chopper comes in to save them. And the guy on the chopper says, I can confirm that the target is a converted military cruiser as described. Jesus, it's just a bunch of kids. I repeat, it's just a bunch of kids. I'll bring them in. The next scene. So at this point, you finish the game. This is just the ending credits. The next scene is each of them are separate. And it seems like they're in some kind of police office or something where they're being interviewed about what the fuck happened and they're all telling their stories blah 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 and then the very last scene is it pans out and each person is in their own separate prison cell and the doors close on them so they're basically trapped in this jail cell Mm -hmm. and it ends and we did not get the good ending (laughs) We only killed two of them, but the three of them are now stuck in a random prison for the rest of their lives. military prison. Yes. I feel like that's worse than a normal one. It's Um, probably the prison in Marvel floating in the middle of the sea. We just said that. We just talked about it. The raft. Yes, that one. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Naming names. So the second ending, which leans even further into the conspiracy, is... The guy this time says, Targon confirmed as the wrong Madame. We found her, boys. This mission is certified level three classified. You know what that means. The military jumps out of their helicopter when they land on the ship as all Mm -hmm. the teens run. I'm sure they're in their 20s, but whatever runs over to them. They take out their guns. Shoot them. Shoot them all and the game ends. Yep. Fuck. So... And the military finds the Manchurian gold and uses it on our military people and everything is just the worst. Paranoia! (laughs) 
We're getting there. Oh, my bad. Either ending where the military, military yeah, yeah. is involved leads to basically us knowing that the ship is top secret. It's known by our military. And now whoever did survive, whoever I didn't manage to kill, is locked up or they're dead anyways. Yep. Cool. Oh, great. Good job. Okay. So. So we did the best we could. We did the best we could. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so next time, we're definitely sending Old Conrad stuff. off. Yes. Because the fucking um, sea police there. Sea- Coast Guard. Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about the ship, and they'll just come rescue us. So the question is. How much did the government know? All right. Oh. Was the electric storm really an accident? Oh. Or, and they were just trying to cover up this thing since it was just a giant failure and wicked illegal? Mm-hmm. Or did they want to see what the shit fucking did? Because they already sort of had an idea. And as also. far as we knew, one person had a gas mask that was a higher up person. We know that the corpses in the coffins were all fucked up and experimented on Mm -hmm. and that there were really weird and strict rules on that ship in the 40s. Now, though we don't know for certain because it's all just speculation, this does bring me to MKUltra. You excited? Hey, yeah! I love MKUltra. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know who M- what MKUltra is, who, who MKUltra is? What MKUltra is? My best friend MKUltra. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I didn't really know what MKUltra was either. I got you. And Martha mentioned it. And I was like, what? And then we listened to our podcast on it. Another call out to Crackpot where I got all my information. So, I hope <laughs> you guys weren't wrong. Go listen to them. Anyways, so Project MKUltra. Also called the CIA Mind Control Project is the codename given to a program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the CIA, most of which were illegal and not known by the people they were trying out on. Some of them did know. Some of them signed up for it. But most of them did not. Experiments on humans were attempted to identify and develop drugs and procedures to be used in interrogations in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through mind control. A few code names, which I brought in because I thought they were funny, for the drug-related experiments were Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. Artichokes are like a tradition in my family. Oh, that's so cute. We make stuffed artichokes. Mm. I like it. Yeah, they're so good. Anyways, LSD. Yep. Basically a huge part of this experiment. There were other drugs, but LSD was the main one. It's the biggie. So the CIA administered LSD to a mental patient in Kentucky for 174 consecutive days. That's crazy. They also gave LSD to CIA employees, military personnel, doctors, other government agents, members of the general public, just to study their reactions to this drug without them knowing. Mm. In case you didn't know, that's super illegal. Yes. <laughs> MK Ultra was denied by the government for a long time, but MK Ultra is very, very real. Mm-hmm. In 1973, 
this was when the government-wide panic happened because of Watergate. The CIA director at the time, Richard Helms, ordered all MKUltra's files to be destroyed. But some moron put 20,000 documents in the wrong place, so they were never burned. Was this person a moron, or were they a hero? I was listening to another podcast, and someone was like, this person was probably just someone. It was a Friday night. He was underpaid. He was like, shit, these aren't supposed to be here. I don't fucking care. No one will know. And fucking left. (laughs) I was like, real. (laughs) The effect is still the same. You still get the credit for doing zero work, which is exactly my (laughs) ideal situation in any Legit, legit. They couldn't really investigate because there were no files. Then they found 20,000 surviving documents. And that's 20,000. If there was 20,000 surviving, imagine how many got destroyed and how much of MKUltra we don't actually know. And because these documents were revealed, this is when they were able to fully investigate during the Senate hearings of 1977. And because of this, the CIA was like, hey, yeah, we did that. Well, cool. It's cool, right? (laughs) Since you have proof, I guess we're going (laughs) to admit it. It's fine. All right. So here's how they compare. I Mm -hmm. list out a couple things of how let's bring it back to the game. Yes. Illegal drugs that they know are bad, though they're not sure of the full extent of the legal drugs, which is one of the main reasons why they wanted to play with LSD and MKUltra. They didn't really know what it would do. Like I said, MKUltra experimented on almost anyone or anything that they could with the LSD. And then Men and Madon, they weren't sure exactly. I don't think they knew exactly what would happen, but... They knew what they had. They knew it was some kind of thing, some gas leak. They knew it was not good. Experimenting on people to find out what said drugs do without their consent. MKUltra, most of what their experiments on were people that didn't know because they literally said that they want to know how people react on these things when they don't not know. knowing that they're on these things. There was one case where this guy working in the CIA or whatever it was went to work, drank his coffee, yep. had the biggest mental break, went running out of the office, screaming down DC about how everyone was monsters. And then... Like I said, I can't say for sure about um, what happened on the boat, but we know for a fact that the bodies in the coffins were experimented on and was this lightning bolt some uh, an actual accident or was it something to see how a boat full, a contained situation would react to this gas? Mm-hmm. So it's not like letting it out on a city and hoping for the best. It's contained oh. on this boat. Covering it up. First off, MKUltra tried to burn everything. <laughs> tried to burn all of the files. Basically, just been like, eh, there's no proof. We didn't do that. It didn't happen. Men of Adon, the whole fucking ship just disappeared. How is this ship floating around the ocean with no one knowing? How is it not found? The only way you could say that it's not being found is if a military is getting involved in silencing the people that are finding it. There's no, I mean, I understand the ocean is giant, 
but there's no way it's been there for so long. It's been there for so long. There's no way. Exactly. And then lastly, quieting those who know too much. MK Ultra has a lot of suspicious deaths and suicides. I quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. quotation marks so suicides that are all linked to it where most of them kind of are proven that they're not suicides mm-hmm. anymore very suspicious suicides. very suspicious. Like suspicious exactly suicides are just probably not suicide yep and then in man of Madan, basically from those two endings that we saw if the military gets involved they either kill the survivors or they lock the survivors up so either way they're either gone. way they're quieted so, the Orang Madan may have been an actual ship. Wait, shit, seriously? And is now a legend ghost ship. What? Yo. <laughs> no wonder you were up till a billion o'clock. I know! <laughs> the SS Orang Madan was a supposed ghost ship, which, according to various sources, became a shipwreck in Dutch East Indies, which is modern Indonesia, mm-hmm. after the entire crew had died under suspicious circumstances in either 1940, 1947, or 1948, depending on what you read, which is why it makes the whole story very unstable, Nebulous. because, yeah, there's a lot of different accounts. So, like I was saying before, the word orang is Malay or Indonesian for man or person, and Madan is the largest city on the Indonesian Isle of Sumatra, so it basically translates into Man of Madan, which is mm-hmm. where the video game gets the name. Fair. Accounts of the ship's accident have appeared in various books and magazines, but their factual accuracies... And even the ship's existence, however, are unconfirmed, and the details of the vessel's construction and history, if any, remain unknown. So there's so many random weird accounts to it, and a lot of that, a lot of it is not official. So it's hard to say, but that can also still play into not MKUltra specifically, but government. Okay. Searches for any official reg- uh, registration or accident investigations records uh, recorded have mostly been unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. So the story's first appearance was in a series of three articles in a Dutch-Indonesian newspaper in February 1948. This version of the story is mostly the same as other versions, but it has a couple differences. The name of the ship that was found was the Orang Madan. It, it's never actually mentioned in this story, but the location of the encounter is close to where they're saying the ship would have sank and all that good stuff. The second and third articles describe the experience of a sole survivor of the crew was found by an Italian missionary and natives of the Marshall Islands, which is where it was supposed to have close to have sank. And the man, before he dies, tells the missionary that the ship was carrying a badly stowed cargo of sulfuric acid. Most of the crew members died from the poisonous fumes of the broken containers. According to the story, the Madan was sailing from an unnamed small Chinese port to Costa Rica, and they were deliberately avoiding the authorities. Which sounds super illegal. Mm, shifty as shit. Yes. 
the survivor, who is unnamed, died after telling a story. And the missionary who heard the story told it to an author, Silvio Cicerli. So, and then he wrote, like, a little thing on it. So, according to another story, around June 1947, two American vessels, uh, the city of Baltimore and the Silver Star, picked up several distress messages from the nearby Dutch merchant ship, the Orang Madame. A radio operator aboard the vessel was sending out Morse code messages. It says, SOS from the Orang Madame. We float. All officers, including the captain, are dead in the chart room and on the bridge. Probably whole crew is dead. Sends a couple of more dots and dashes, random gibberish, because it's all in Morse code. Then clearly the last words, last two words were, I die. And then nothing was heard from again. Now, I don't know if you remember, but that is a note, or at least the I die part is a note that you find in the video game. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. So they took that from this. Ah, I love that. Yep. So the Silver Star finally locates and boards the ship. They seek them out because they're like, oh, shit, this doesn't sound good. We're going to got to try to help these people. Mm. And... What they find is that the ship is just littered with corpses, dead bodies sprawled out everywhere, and their faces are frozen in fear, just like in the video game. That's a bad time. Yep. No survivors were located, but there were no visible signs of injuries on most of the bodies. That's bring back to this drug that would just give them a heart attack. Other than the ones that killed themselves or killed others because of the fear. Just as the ship was preparing to tow, the Silver Star is going to tow the vessel back to wherever, to a nearby port. A fire suddenly, inconveniently, breaks out on the ship. So the rescuing party has to evacuate and then it's seen just basically exploding and then sinking. Ah. So here are some theories of the real Around Madame. The real deal. According to these theories, seawater would have entered the ship's hold, reacting the cargo to release toxic gases, which would then cause the crew to succumb to asphyxiation and or poisoning. Later, the seawater would have reacted to the nitroglycerin, causing the fire that was reported and then the explosion. Another theory is that the ship was transporting nerve gas, which the Japanese military had been storing in China during the war, and then was handed over to the U.S. military at the end of the war. No U.S. ship could transport it as it would leave a paper trail, so it was loaded onto a non-registered ship, then transported to the U.S. or to an island in the Pacific, which would also be an explanation of why there isn't much paper trail mm, of this ship. Makes sense. So this brings us to the theory of the game. It clearly is the theory that they decided to sort of go with. Which props? Yes, clearly the proper one to go with. So this brings the theory of the game, like I just said, but it also brings us back to the CIA. Ugh. 
Public interest in the story of the Ramadan is reflected in a correspondence sent to the CAA. So this was a thing that apparently was known in some of these things that were published. And someone sent a letter to the CAA in December of 1959, which is right smack dab in the middle of MK Ultra. C.H. Mark Jr. of Scottsdale sent a private letter to the director of CIA, Alan Dulles. Now, if you know anything about MKUltra, he is the one that is leading the CIA through all of MKUltra, and his name will come up a lot. Sidebar, Alan Dulles comes up a lot in JFK, too. Yeah, because he's a shady fucking bitch. He's a dickhead. He's the worst. Yeah. He's not a good person. And we shouldn't have an airport named after him. No, for real. Fuck you. So within this letter, Mark first asked the recipient of the letter if they believe that the story of the wrong deals with something from the unknown, then retells the story of the Orang and its sinking. The CAA doesn't seem too concerned and basically just dismisses this letter. This letter is, in fact, known to be real because it was, even though some of it is redacted, was released to the public in 2002. So you can go find it. So why it's hard to figure out if the ship is real or not is because several authors note their inability to find any mention of the case in the Lloyd Shipping Register. I don't really 100% know what that is, but that must be some very important register for shipping cargo. And no registration records for a ship by the name of Orang Madan can be located in various countries. And these are in countries that it definitely would have had to pass through in order to make its journey. Well, author uh, Roy Bainton states that the identity of the Silver Star reported to have been involved in the failed rescue attempt has been established with high probability the complete lack of information on the sunken ship itself has given rise to suspicion about the origin and the credibility of the ship. The ship's log for the Silver Star did not show a record of any rescue attempt. And Beaton and the others have put forward the possibility that the accounts of the date, location, names, and ship involved and the circumstances of the incident have been inaccurate and exaggerated. So it's really hard to tell what's true. But it could also just be a giant cover-up like the game portrays. That is the story of the game Enemadon, comparing it to MK Ultra, and what the actual Orang Madan was, which I didn't realize until I did this. And basically just the game takes a point of it could be easily a government conspiracy because the government has already done shit like this Let's before. Be real, it probably was. And that's that. Mm-hmm. That's my story. We should order some dominoes. I agree, garlic nuts. All right, everyone. Episode four. You done. It. Boom. Bitch. In the fucking books. Yeah. Everyone, stay safe. Keep smiling, keep moving, wash your damn hands, and we'll see you next Tuesday.